0: Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. This is an important study. I'm glad you're with us, End Time Deceptions, part of our series on life, death, resurrection, and eternal life. This we know for sure. The enemy of our souls doesn't want us to experience eternal life with God, so he will do everything possible to confuse us and take us away from the truth of God's Word. So. We're glad you're with us. We're praying as we share. The Holy Spirit will be our teacher. Welcome, Amen. and welcome to the team. Amen. It's going to be a great study today as we're talking about end-time deceptions. The goal, of course, is we'll know how to resist the deceptions Amen. and stay close to Jesus. I want to welcome our team, but also, we've got some remote team members. Good to have Nicholas back from Georgia. Nicholas, good to see you again. Rodney from Toronto. Rodney, glad you're here. And Alex joining us from Arkansas. Alex. Good to have you back with us as we study the Word of God together. And we're glad that you're here as part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Did you download our free gift yet? Mm -hmm. Just go to our website, hopetv.org. It's a digital copy of the book, The Story of Jesus. We thought what would be a good resource to talk about life, death, resurrection, and the gift of eternal life. We thought of this book, The Story of Jesus, that speaks about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and His gift of eternal life to each one of us. You can download a digital copy. Just go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. I know you'll be blessed. Also, don't forget to write to us. Here's a few emails, sshope at hopetv.org. Sue writes from Malawi, and she says, greetings from Malawi. Got a wave. I like Hope Sabbath School, mostly because of the testimonies that are given during every discussion. So, would you remember that as we talked today about end-time deceptions? It's, she says, the testimonies keep the Spirit alive. I think it makes it real, doesn't it? Even if someone's sharing a challenge that she's gone through or he's gone through, he said, well, I can relate to that, because I go through challenges in my life, too. Here's a note from Takasa in the Bahamas. Mm. Mm. And Takasa writes, says, I've been an ordained, ordained as a youth minister in a Baptist church, but ever since I've been watching Hope Channel, my eyes have been opened, and I want to follow the teachings of the Bible.
1: Praise Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. I want to do what is pleasing to God, and I need much prayer and direction." Amen. Amen. Will you pray for this uh, young young lady? We want to thank you. That's what Hope Sabbath School is all about. It's learning the Word of God and the will of God for our lives. We're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here's a note uh, from a donor in the state of New York. Some people think New York just means the city, but there's a big state too, isn't there? And this donor writes and says, "'Greetings in Jesus' name. Just a small gift to you to help spread the gospel of Jesus to the whole world. Please pray for our family." And a donation of $500 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. Well, thank you, donor. You know who you are. We want to pray for your family and for all of our families around the world who are seeking to know God and to avoid the end-time deceptions that we're going to study about today. One last note from Jeff in Maryland. Well, for those of you who don't know, that's where we are right now at the Hope Channel International studio. And Jeff writes, Maryland, USA, "I, I, I attend Hope Sabbath School weekly and have for many years. Thank you for this programming. It is obviously reaching the world. And we say, Amen, praise Praise God, God. right? Mm
2: -hmm. So,
0: thanks for being with us today as we study together. And right now, we need you to help us with our theme song. We're getting toward the end of this series on life, death, resurrection, and eternal life. But if you could sum it up in one verse, it would be the Word of Jesus in Revelation 1, 17 and 18. He says, Do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of Hades, the grave, and of death. Amen. And 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 he's our hope. Amen. Yes. And he's the one who will guide us even through the end-time deception. So let's sing our theme song together. Do not be afraid, I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, it is our desire that as we study today, that the end-time deceptions of the enemy would be exposed, Mm -hmm. and that we would not only know about the deceptions, but we would walk closer to Jesus our Savior than ever before. Mm. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I'd like to start in the book of Proverbs with a uh, a proverb of the wise man Solomon, in Proverbs fourteen and verse twelve. And Nisha, would you start our study today in Proverbs fourteen twelve? I, I just want you to understand that people may be sincere, but sincerely deceived. Yes. Proverbs fourteen and verse twelve.
3: And I'm reading from the New King James Version. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death.
0: Mm. So, I always thought, oh, that's bad. But what is it actually saying? Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's a wrong choice, but what?
1: Jason? It's basically saying, like, the way that you want to do things is not really the right way to do it because it's going to end in a bad way. It's better to, like, really, you know, seek God's counsel because His ways are higher than our ways.
4: Right, but... Nicole, it seems right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, ha- we can't always trust our feelings or how we mm-hmm. think of things. We have to really, as, as Jason said, go back to the Word of God and make sure that our feelings and thoughts are in line with what God wants for us.
0: So what are some of the end time deceptions, Travis, that seem to be creeping in? If we had the Bible, we talked in a previous study, a lot of people don't know the truths of the Bible. What are some of the things that the enemy of our souls. The Bible speaks of a fallen angel named once named Lucifer, now the devil and Satan, and his angels who rebelled with him, trying to turn us away from God's good plan for our lives. What are some deceptions you see that he's using uh, today?
5: Uh, It could be worship or spiritualism, uh, meditations, um, many different things, you know, the emptying of ourselves, you know, leaving ourselves empty of, of, you know, and so there's there's a lot of different deceptions, and I was thinking of another verse that parallels Proverbs, and that, that is, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things, and then the question that is asked, who can know it? It's as if God is saying to us, you don't even know your own heart and what mm. it will do. Mm. Mm.
0: So, uh, possible, yeah, I, I would see that, that someone's got an evil heart, but someone may not, but they may be misinformed, mm-hmm. right. and it may seem right to them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But but uh, the text is saying, it's not where you want to end mm, up, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah. So, uh, you talked about mysticism of various kinds, uh, different uh, non-biblical worldviews mm. yes. uh, that are impacting people. So. How do I avoid those? We're going to look at a few of them today in our study. Let's look. Jason, if you could read for us the Word of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. And let's look at verses 21 to 27. I think we'll find a principle here. It doesn't talk about all the end time deceptions, but Jesus makes an appeal at the end of his Mm -hmm. Sermon on the Mount.
2: All right.
1: And that's Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 27, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Verse 23. And then I would declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25, and the rain descended, the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, verse 27. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall.
0: If you could uh, summarize the appeal of Jesus in one short sentence from what we just read, what would, what would it be? Have Jason, again? It?
1: Have your... Uh your will on the will of the will of God, as far as keeping your mind and your actions on God's word.
0: I was going to just say, build on the rock. Yeah, yes. <laughs> build on the rock. Yeah. Jesus. But but who's the rock in this story, Jason? Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. Put your yeah. trust in Jesus. Yeah, it's saying yeah. build Jesus. your life on Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, because he's he's what stable, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody who says
2: mm-hmm.
0: Lord, 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 but the one Lord. one who does. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what is the will of my Father in heaven more than any other? Behavior. What is the will of my Father in heaven? No. That, all would be that, heaven. Be heaven. that we would believe in the one he sent, right. Jesus, and be saved in the eternal kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. So that is, that's, that's God's appeal to us. Satan is now going to use all different types of strategies to turn us away. Mm-hmm. And one of these uh, forms of mysticism is where people say, I'm, I'm spiritual, mm-hmm. but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. What does that actually mean? Uh, anybody, Alex? What do you think? Uh, a friend comes to you and says, "Oh, Alex, I know you're a Christian, but I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. What does that mean?"
6: It's quite difficult to answer that because it's as they really come together. You can't really be religious without, if, if you will, spiritual or believe in something in that realm. So but what, I was what? actually yes. So what do you think
0: they're actually saying? Because they, they don't read their Bible, uh, they, they don't, uh, they may not even believe in God, but they're spiritual, they say. Hmm?
2: Well,
6: I would just go with saying that i rather not um, look into the Word of God, but rather like, it's a feeling. You know, what I feel is right, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Other, someone else, uh, I see Nicholas.
7: Yeah, I think one thing that has become quite prevalent is people believe in a higher power and that a higher power exists. And they believe in the supernatural and a lot of these other things. And that you know these things may have influence or exist, but they don't want to make it a part of their life. They don't want to place their own life into um, a religious system. They don't want to you know have any commitment to that, mm. um, which I think is kind of contradictory in a sense.
0: Sure. Actually. The truth of the matter is, when they say I'm spiritual but not religious, it would be more actually saying I'm open to spiritualism or Mm. spiritual things without a belief and surrender to a God. Mm. That's right. right. Nisha?
3: Yes. and I, um, uh, that, No, that's exactly what I was going to say, and also the idea that perhaps I don't know what it is, I don't know that anyone else knows what it is, so um, I'll just leave it open, and mm-hmm. I won't necessarily conform to any organized religion, because they probably have it wrong, so I'll just, it'll be a catch-all. I'm spiritual, I believe in something that's out there. I just right. don't know what. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: Jason, by the way, we ought not to judge those people because oh, uh, they just that's don't know, right? Yeah. That's right. right? But we ought to be able to help them. Mm -hmm. For example, what's the difference between nature worship and worshiping the creator of nature? Jason?
8: Yeah, and sometimes it can mean that I like certain practices of a religion, so I'm going to take what I like and then the rest of it, it's not going to actually have a life change and I'm not going to have the relationship with God part. So I choose what I want from the religion and everything else I kind of throw aside.
0: So, did anybody ever find themselves in that place? Because the Bible boldly claims, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And Jesus takes it another step and says, all of the Scripture points to me so that you can find life. But Mm. did you ever find yourself being pulled away from the Bible as the basis into just something that seemed right to you? Mm. End-time deception. Nisha?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, I, so I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. So, but but at the same time, I think I also just really questioned a lot of things. And when I was in undergraduate um, studies, I chose an area of philosophy. Philosophy brings in all these ways to question the world. Um, and in offering all these philosophies, sometimes you get lost in what the Bible says, and you're like, oh, this sounds good. Oh, this philosophy sounds good, and so you think because the idea behind philosophies are that you make logical arguments as to why something exists or doesn't exist. And people can make lots of great logical arguments as to why God exists or doesn't exist. Um, and at some point you have to either uh, you have to cling to God like in those moments. Um, there's no other way other than God speaking to your head somewhere and asking you to come toward Him, and you somehow giving Him a chance, because otherwise you can give everything a chance and question everything in life and never have any answers at all. Mm. Mm.
0: I remember someone telling me one time who was studying Mm. secular ideas, I want to spend two hours studying the Bible for every hour I spend studying those ideas, because those ideas can lead you into darkness. That doesn't mean you should never study them. Uh, Jason, you've, you've yes. done a lot of study. Did you ever find, even in studying law, you say, well, that doesn't sound that evil, that it could actually pull you away from a biblical worldview?
8: Yes, definitely, because while we appreciate these systems we have, the systems of law and all that, are largely man's creation. Mm-hmm. And if you're f- spending too much time focused on man's creation, your mind can get a little distracted. And so that's why I know for me, I would have to take breaks. That's why it was so great to have Sabbath, where I could take a break from my studies and just Mm. focus on God and His creation and meditate on His Word and not just all the legal stuff, even if it was good stuff.
0: So do you know that these end time deceptions are even targeted at children? Did you Mm. know that? Not just at adults. So uh, Leah, you're the youngest one here. today, though we may have some younger ones watching, but uh, can you think of some ways that, that the enemy of our souls might try to target even children into getting, like, non-biblical worldviews?
3: Probably through entertainment, like books or movies, like, yeah, they can include a lot of mysticism or other spiritual things mm. that don't relate to God or teach against what the Bible says? Mm-hmm.
0: So, I remember I went to a bookstore. We were in Europe, my wife and I, and, and almost everything as was walked in was either vampires or, uh, you know, uh, Pokemon or, you know, I don't want to give all the names, but, mm-hmm. but things that were clearly non-biblical, and some of them, uh, Harry Potter and so on, were, 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 um, were clearly a, a, not even a mixture of truth and error. Mm. They were just darkness. Mm. Mm. And and yet it's targeting even young people. Mm-hmm. And
4: um, someone's gotta protect them, right? right? Amen. Nicole? Well, having young children you, you you start to see the movies that they're that they're putting out right now and a lot of them deal with talking to the dead, they deal with folks coming back to life and so you have to be very careful. Even you know, even we have we have a we have a major producer of movies that you know, they have princesses and just things that are just not of this world that kids begin to watch and they begin to think that that's actually a reality. So we would mm. be very careful about our, what our kids are watching these days mm. in terms of things that may seem simple to us but are, are damaging to them.
0: So that reinforces what Lee was saying about media. Yeah. Media can be a huge battleground. Uh, that's why it's called, by the way, programming. Mm. Did you ever wonder why it's called programming? It affects the way you think. Uh, I see, Rodney, your hand raised.
9: I was thinking, Pastor, that um, the the deceptions that we're talking about here um, are not really way off, meaning they're very close to the truth. This is why they're they're called deceptions. You know, you you mentioned earlier about, um, you know, nature worshiping. Well, we have a God that created nature. but so, so the, the, the worshiping of nature is very close to the God who created nature. So it's not way off. And, and that's why we, we have to be really, really careful to really um, focus on the Word of God, as Jason just said, to help us to be able to discern when these deceptions come our way.
0: Right, right, for sure. Alex?
6: Yes, I was going to say about the being brought up in, in a way in which you can watch really whatever you want and I'm per- personally been affected by that because seeing other types of movies or cartoons or what have you it led me to see that there were fables so whenever I was going to the word I just classified it as that as well mm. and even though they presented as truths, from my mind is like other things were presented as truth as well for example the tooth fairy was was presented as truth but then later on i found out it was a lie It was like well if that was a lie and i've been taught that then of course this might have well been a lie and it's really hard to break that and what it really broke it for me was daniel 2 of course
0: so, studying Bible prophecy, getting back into the Word, and again, with prayer, Amen. for the Holy Spirit to guide yeah. us, yeah. because some will read the Word and just look for contradictions yeah. or, or reasons not to believe. Yeah. But uh, thank you for sharing. There's a lot of deceptions out there. We're going to focus on a few of them. Mm-hmm. One of them has become very popular Uh, in recent times, at least in some cultures. And we'd love to hear from you if uh, it's happening where you live. And that's this idea of a near-death experience, or that you die and you go to some glorious, light-filled place, maybe even meet Jesus or loved ones, and then you come back and, and give a testimony of what you've experienced. Let's look at a few. I want to come back to what you said about the Bible as our foundation. Mm. Let's look at a few examples of people who died and came back to life, and uh, let's relate that to this near-death experience idea. 1 Kings 17, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, Nicholas if you'd read to us a story uh, from the time of Elijah the prophet. 1 Kings 17, verses 22 to 24.
7: Yes, and I will be reading in the New King James Version, and starting in verse uh, 22, it says, Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back to him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house, and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Verse 24, Then the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. So, this is the widow of Zarephath's son. Mm-hmm. Remember, he dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you read the chapter, what's his testimony about what happened when he died?
4: Nothing. There's Nothing, nothing, There's nothing.
0: right? Yeah. We know from our study of the Bible that the living know they'll die, but the dead know nothing. Nothing. not anything, right? Jesus spoke of it as a sleep, mm-hmm. and the resurrection is being woken up from a sleep. Let's look uh, in 2nd Kings, Jason, if you could read chapter 4. It's another story of a resurrection. This is more than near death. This is a death experience, Mm -hmm. but uh, let's hear the testimony of this young boy.
8: New King James, 2nd Kings chapter 4, verse 34 to 37 says, And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house, and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite women. So he called her, and when she came in to him, he said, Pick up your son, So she went in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground, then she picked up her son and went out.
0: And if you read the rest of the chapter, what's the testimony of this young boy about his experience in death?
4: Nothing.
0: Now, we could actually go to... Who was the ruler of the synagogue who lost his daughter?
2: Jairus. We could
0: go to the story of Jairus' daughter, or uh, what was the town where the widow lost her son? Nain. 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 We could read that story, or what was the brother of Martha and Mary? Lazarus. Lazarus. Lazarus, we could read that one. Or what was the person that Peter raised from the dead? Uh, uh, well, there were two, weren't there? Aeneas and uh, Dorcas, Dorcas, called Dorcas. Tabitha, Tabitha. Tabitha. Tabitha, right? Yeah. You could read all of those. Do you know what their testimony is about their experience during death? There is no. none. No, <laughs> none, none, none. <laughs> it's nothing. Silence. Yeah. All right? So. It's not like, oh, well, I died, and I went, saw glorious light, and then I saw Jesus coming, or I talked to my grandmother. There's no testimony of anything during that time of death. So, I have a question for you, and maybe you're watching today, maybe you've even had someone who said they had this experience or wondered about it. What is actually happening that gives this person this awareness that i died or and i looked up was above the operating table and i could see them working on me or i saw great lights because the bible is silent about anything like that what do you think what's actually going on jason well sometimes a person
8: could have a dream or a vision or an experience that feels like it could be like a death experience, and my guess is uh, this is probably not from God. It may even be that the devil himself is giving a person a dream, an experience, almost like a temptation to have them think that these false ideas are actually true.
0: A a delusion or deception, Yeah. right, Travis? That's basically what I was going to say. Either they
5: had a bad piece of pizza with some (laughs) mushrooms in it, or or it's it's not the Spirit of God. You know, um, but but that's the truth. You know, sometimes we eat certain foods and we can have weird dreams and do different things like that. But yeah, this is definitely not the Spirit of
0: God. Mm. Stephanie?
10: I think in addition to that, it's also that people have had things put in their minds that are not true. They read They're the deceptions. books, they
0: saw the movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> program. And so it's programming. Yeah, yeah, program. It affects them. I got a phone call from one of my mm. students some years ago and Rodney I'll remember <laughs> your point. I got a phone call from one of my students. He said something's wrong with John. Mm. I said, why? He said, well he's pacing around. It was his roommate. He and, and actually both of them had been students of mine, he's pacing around, and I think there's something very wrong. And so we began to pray. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then this young man pacing around started a voice saying, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving. Mm. And, and, and I thought, well, okay, maybe you're not leaving. But it wasn't actually mm. John speaking, because yeah. mm-hmm. we were praying Mm-hmm. For John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He told us later, mm-hmm. after he had been freed from this evil force, mm. that he could see himself walking around. Mm. If you will, an out-of-the-body experience. Mm. He was so what's happening in his mind here that causes him to believe a lie? Because he's not he's not up there, wow. right? But something's happening in his mind. Mm. Well, we decided that we should pray for this young man. Right. Hmm? We prayed, and I didn't know where to send this evil spirit. Mm. And uh, this is a confession of my uh, lack of knowledge, I guess. I mean, how do you know what to do? So I, 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 I said, I said, well, you, 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 you will go to the pit, because that's what it says, Jesus gets in, and nothing happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: So I thought, well that, that wouldn't that didn't work. <laughs> so I just said, "Well, you go wherever Jesus tells you to go." Mm. Immediately. Mm. Wow. wow. So I guess yeah. the Lord had a word. Mm. Amen. And the young man f- fell to the ground. Mm. And his roommate said, "I think he's dead." Mm. Now, remember, he's having he's having an out of the body experience. Mm. Yeah. But it's not of God. That's mm. right, right. right? Yeah. I think he's dead. <laughs> so he knelt down and felt. Oh, there's a pulse. Mm-hmm. So then the two of us, filled with the Holy Spirit, because we're not that bold, right. said in the name of Jesus, arise. And he yes. stood up. Amen. Mm-hmm. So what was going on there in the, in John's life? What, what, how would you describe that? A battle. Yeah. A battle. Yeah, spiritual, yeah. Warfare. Huh? Spiritual, spiritual warfare. How spiritual warfare? Yeah. Yes. There's a great controversy right. on a yes. cosmic realm, but also in the realm of a life. Right. Yes. So whether, as you said, Stephanie, a person's just programmed their mind Mm -hmm. because of watching movies and books and hearing about people going and seeing Jesus in lights and whatever, or um, actually something evil is happening, something spiritualistic Mm. Mm. that is messing with their mind. Mm. By the way, yeah, there's no repentance. It's just mm. some wonderful spiritual mm. experience. Mm. Mm. Um, so, why do people fall for that? If, it, if, it, if it's not true, and think they talk to their grandmother, we will talk about communicating with the dead, why are people susceptible to deceptions like that? Stephanie?
10: So, I think that, um, actually, when that kind of thing happens, and some, something, a force has taken over you that's not a, Jesus, that we've opened our, the avenues to our soul at some point, because I've I've worked with individuals who are have also been communicating with the dead, or who are having um, communication with the unseen world, um, and we truly do um, not wrestle against flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. So there is a battle going on, and when we found out, it was that person had actually been listening to um, music that actually had supported what happened to him. When he threw it out, he was free from it. Mm. And so it could be what we're watching, what we're listening to, what we're, putting, what we're touching, mm. any of the senses, that can open up our souls to Satan to come in and fill us.
0: Sounds like we need to guard the avenues of mm. our minds, right? Yes. Now, since you talked about communicating with the dead, by the way, the Bible says the dead don't know anything. So, mm-hmm. whatever we're communicating with, it's not the dead. That's right. right. It's some other spiritual force. Mm-hmm. But since you mentioned that, let's look at what the Bible teaches about that, and then we'll come back and look at reincarnation, which is another deception. Trying to communicate with the dead. You can just drive down the highway and see billboards and little things saying, $10, read your fortune, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of it going on. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the Bible says about uh, that, those practices. Deuteronomy, chapter 18, verses 9 to 14. Nicole, if you'd read that for us. Uh, let's, let's see what the prophet Moses says, inspired by the Spirit of God.
4: Deuteronomy, Chapter 18, verses 9 through 13 of the New International Version says, When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or cast spells, or who is a medium, or spiritist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. So
0: should a Christian ever go to a seance?
1: Mm. No. No. No.
4: Uh,
0: go to a fortune teller? No. No. Read the cards for you? No. Uh, watch occult movies? No. No. No, no. You say, Derek, it's just a movie. No. But is there a battle going on even in that setting? Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's look at another verse uh, together. Uh, in Leviticus 19, if you have uh, right there in the books of Moses still, Leviticus 19, if you could read for us verse 31. There may be someone watching Hope Sabbath School today says, well, i like to go to the fortune teller to tell me about the future. Well, they may just be guessing, or they may be involved with, with forces of darkness that could then try to control your future, right? What does the Bible say in Leviticus 19?
11: I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, "...give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits, do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm.
0: And could you read on in chapter 20 of the same book, uh, verse 6 and verse 27? Verse 6 and verse 27.
11: And the person who turns to mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Verse 27, a man or a woman who is a medium or who has familiar spirits shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them.
0: Why is God so, apparently, so severe? Uh, in relating, Rodney, to, uh, to witches and uh, fortune tellers, those who communicate with the dead? It's a
9: substitution we're trying to use. Mm-hmm. Um, it is placing someone um, ahead of God. If we need assistance with whatever challenges we're going through in life, God wants us to come to Him so that He can help us. But if we go to these mediums, or all of these other mediums by by which we try to get to the solution to our problems, God is not interested in that. So He wants us to come directly to Him.
0: Alex, could you read one more verse for us from Isaiah chapter 8? verses 19 and 20, someone might be listening and say, well, that was just for the people way back, you know, in the Hebrew Hebrew uh, scriptures that time. But if it was an abomination to the Lord back then, it still is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think he feels so strongly about it because it will lead us to destruction. Yes, it, it, it will not lead us into light, but into darkness. Alex, how does the prophet Isaiah speak in chapter 8, verses 19 and 20?
6: Yes, it says, and I'm reading it in the New King James, it says, And when they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards, who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? And it says in verse 20, To the law and to the testimony, if they they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them.
2: Mm.
0: We've heard that text in verse 20, but may not have realized it was specifically connected to consulting uh, mediums, Mm. trying to speak to the dead and communicate with the dead. But have you noticed, and I don't know where you're living, but have you noticed, even in America, that politicians and wealthy business people, it's quite popular for them to communicate, you know, to seek from a medium or from a fortune teller, Mm. a psychic, yeah. You know, even you'll get emails. You know, like now, we'll, we'll tell you your fortune. You get an, e- an unsolicited email. Yeah. It, it's all around us. Nisha,
3: Pastor Derek, I have a friend who has a, a sick, a son who has got severe autism, and when things were going really wrong with the son, um, somehow or the other, she got connected with uh, energy medicine, like lots of different things. And there was a, a mystic she would go to, um, who, for some reason, she said every time I went, he would explain what was going on with my son. So she felt like she had to keep going to help explain but she said it never helped my son mm-hmm. um... it just i just kept going because i needed some explanation of what was going on it gave her some assurance of of what was happening because she felt so out of control mm-hmm. um, but uh... she is now studying the bible with me um... Uh, and has to actively aside that uh, feeling when something's going on with their son, to not go to him. Mm. Um, uh, but it is a fight in that moment. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Someone ought to say, praise God, because yes. yes. they're studying the Bible together, right? Because while we may not know all of the details there, if they're just um, guessing or whether they're really speaking to demons, mm. the Bible says it's an abomination, mm. and yet it's, an, it's something that's become quite popular. I, in, in media today and, and in practice. Mm. Lalika?
11: Um, I don't know if we could call it an end time deception, uh, the state of the, the dead, because it started from the garden of Eden, mm. where um, Satan said uh, you, should, uh, you shall not die. Mm. In my culture, um, I'm from uh, Guinea-Bissau, West Africa, and some part of, um, I'm also Kiberian, uh, so there we believe, especially in Guinea-Bissau, in uh, some kind of communication with the dead people. Mm. And it's strong, something strong where people will be possessive mm. and they will do terrible things. The voice will change and a lot of other things. So probably in the end time it would become uh, greater uh, the intensity of it, but in every culture we see that it's represented in some form. Mm-hmm. It may be in brutal way, in some parts of Africa, in a more gentile and civilized, civilized way in like spiritism in, in um, western um, countries. So we see that the devil is intense, uh, it's trying hard to put in the mind of people that there is some Sort of a living yeah. after death. Yeah, exactly. So made, and that only can be um, contradicted or uh, tried to be eradicated through the reading of the word of Amen. God.
0: So, how yeah. did you find freedom from that? You you say you grew up in a culture where talking to supposedly to the dead, but actually it was lying spirits. Uh, how did you come to realize that that was a deception. You're saying not just end time, but uh, long time deception of the devil, and and to realize that that was not something that God wanted you to do.
11: Exactly. When I started reading the Word of God by myself and in, uh, intensely studying it, and I see that, well, what I'm seeing the reality, because it's It can be even inside of your own house. You can hear paces and so forth. Uh, We grew up with those stories and seeing those realities. The devil manifested himself. So, but reading the Word of God and seeing what God says contradicting those lies is what makes you free, and you can share it with others. And that is what is freeing uh, freeing our people, the Word of God. Are you glad, glad for
2: Liliga's testimony?
0: That's amazing. Amen. And as she pointed out, it may be more uh, apparent or brutal, to use that word, in some cultures and more sophisticated than others, but it's still a lie of the enemy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's still a deception. Yeah. So there's a story um, in 1 Samuel about King Saul, who had ordered all of the witches to be put to death, mm-hmm. and then he goes to a witch himself, mm-hmm supposedly to communicate with the dead, which the Bible calls an abomination, and by the yeah. way, you can't anyway, because the dead are, are yeah, sleeping. Right. Yeah. They don't know anything. What would cause the King of Israel, do you think, to make such a, what would we call it, not just foolish, but... Desperate. Reckless yeah. decision. Ooh, okay. Thank you, Jason. What would cause Saul to make such a foolish and reckless decision? Anybody? The story is recorded in um, 1 Samuel 28. Uh, Jason?
8: Yes, so I would say it's kind of a repeated pattern of rejecting God's appeals, God's mercies, basically shutting out God until all you can hear, all you experience is darkness. And if you look at the story of Saul here, the man who does this, that's his life pattern. Mm -hmm. God repeatedly tries to intervene and, and help him in his life, and he continually shuts
0: down God's Word. To the place where he will do something as reckless mm-hmm. and and contrary to the Word of God, as uh, talk to a witch and ask to communicate with, with Samuel the prophet. Yes, Nicole?
4: I would also add that when you fill yourself with fear and doubt of what God's Word is, yeah. you will allow yourself to get into situations which you have no business being in. I think in mm. Saul's case, he was filled with fear of what was going to happen, and rather than wait and allow the Lord to lead his path, he decided to intercept and do what he could do to figure out what his path was going to be.
0: Yep. I wonder, uh, and I see some hands, I wonder if fear can be a driving factor for people today. Yes. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. They're afraid of the future, and they, they want to find any way, mm-hmm. and they don't know about the Bible and about the Holy Spirit guiding. And so they're, they're desperate, yeah. even to the point of being reckless. reckless yeah.
3: Nisha? Um, in, in that chapter, in, in uh, 1 Samuel 28, verse 6, it says, "...and when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him." And it is right after that that right. he goes to the media. Mm-hmm. So he could he, like, he wasn't getting an answer from God. So he's like, well, I'll get the answer from someone.
0: Mm-hmm. Why wasn't he getting an answer from God? Rodney, what do you think? Uh, and just to follow up on Nisha's point, if you go back to First Samuel 16,
9: that is where you saw Saul's constant rejection of God's direction and guidance. So Saul was on a path of just not wanting to have anything with God, and that opened up him, that really opened up now the opportunity for the devil to get in Saul to go in that direction of the Witch of Endor.
0: How do we avoid those end-time deceptions? Well, let's look at one more, and then we'll come to that as we close our study. Another very popular deception, and maybe as Lilika has said, it's not just end-time, it's been a deception for many generations, is the idea of reincarnation, mm. that somehow uh, we just cycle back in different forms. Uh, and... Uh, what determines whether we come back in a higher form or a lower form? If I come back maybe as a noble person or as a rat, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: what determines that? The it, life
4: you're living now.
0: Life. It's very much based on my performance, oh, yes, right? right. Yes. There's no Savior. Right. There's just this cycle, perhaps even an endless cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's see how the Bible would um, respond to that teaching. In Hebrews, Uh, Nicholas, could you read Hebrews 9 for us, verses 27 and 28? And then maybe someone else, just think of a Bible text that would refute the idea that that you just kind of keep coming back in an endless cycle, maybe a higher form, a lower form. Uh, And by the way, I guess uh, uh, bliss is when you're nothing, because otherwise you just keep coming back in one form or another. Uh, How does that passage read in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Nicholas?
7: Yes, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for Him, He will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation.
0: So, according to verse 27, what comes after death? Another cycle of a different life? No.
11: Judgment.
0: Judgment. Mm-hmm. I know. Right?
11: Mm-hmm.
0: You, you, you have a judgment one way or the other. Now, we don't need to be afraid of the judgment if we're standing in Christ, right? Because mm-hmm. He's already passed through the judgment on our behalf, and we don't need to fear the judgment. But, uh, yeah, any other Bible text that comes to mind that would, maybe a teaching of Jesus or a Bible text that would refute the idea that that life's just an endless cycle, and you'll come back in different forms.
5: I don't remember what's found. I know it's in the book of John, but Jesus is saying um, that there'll become a time when people will come forth from their graves, will hear His voice, and some will come to everlasting life, and some and some to condemnation in the two resurrections. So, so that verse right there, and I forgot, I don't know if it's John 5 it or John It is John 6. 5, yeah. 28
0: okay. and 29. Yeah. That's right. That's the Word of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, any, anybody else? The you know, one that came to my mind was Genesis 1, mm. 26, 27. Let us create man. man. Man, by the way, that man there is man and woman, right? Mm. In mm. our image. How? In our likeness. In likeness. That's, that's totally contrary to a doctrine of reincarnation mm. in different life forms, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are created in the image of God, male and female. He mm. created them. Mm. So... Um, Mm-hmm. Any other text that comes to mind that would challenge this reincarnation idea? By the way, I have a loved one in my family who believes in reincarnation, channels spirits. Mm-hmm. It's very... It's, it's almost fashionable, mm. but it's not biblical. True, cool. It's not true. Mm-hmm. It's an end-time deception. Mm. Another Bible verse that which would uh, challenge that view of endless Cycle different life forms, Jason.
1: Yeah, I got one in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter uh, seven, verse twenty.
0: All right, can yeah. we can yeah. we look yeah. at yeah. it together? Yeah. 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 Ecclesiastes
1: it, chapter seven, verse twenty. Chapter
0: seven. This,
1: and this kind of speaks on the uh, the performance, you know, that reincarnation kind of presents.
0: Okay, we're we're on our way there. A little book after Proverbs, right?
1: Yep, Ecclesiastes chapter seven. How does that read 20. in your Bible? All right, and it reads, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says for there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. And so it kind of plays into that performance, you know, that one actually, you know, has to do in order to come back, you know, in a noble status, you know, of dealing with reincarnation, because we all need a Savior because we're sinners.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's all of these. Uh, Alex, you have another, another verse that might be helpful for us?
6: Yes, and this is actually found in the same book, Ecclesiastes, but this one's found in chapter 8,
0: Starting at verse 6. All right. Give us a and moment for that verse. Yes. All right. Give us a moment to find it. Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Verse 6. And you want to read verse 6?
6: Yes. And I'm reading from the New King James. And it says, also their love, speaking of the dead, their hatred and their envy have now perished nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun? Here it's mentioning, once the people are dead, they have no any partaking of anything that's happening under the sun. Hence,
0: it goes against that reincarnation belief. So, that's uh, in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 6, uh, that, that clearly, oh, no, six, yes. clearly teaches that when they die, their love, hatred, and envy perish, no more share for anything under the sun. So... Let's conclude with uh, with, with the asking the question then, uh, and we could list many other end-time deceptions. Let's, let's let's get some encouragement at the end, can we? How can we avoid a multitude of end-time deceptions? We're coming close to the return of Jesus. The great controversy is intensifying. Uh, doesn't the Scripture say that Satan's going around Mm -hmm. like a roaring lion,
4: seeking
0: seeking someone to devour. Yes. Resist him, it says. You know what the next words are? Standing Standing firm firm. in the faith. Faith. So how how can we avoid these end-time deceptions? Give Mm. me one one, uh, suggestion or recommendation, Stephanie.
10: So what comes to my mind is, because I shared before about the experiences with the young people, I also have experienced it, where Satan does try to attack, and that attack can come in different forms. And the presence in your room (coughs) could feel very um, intimidating. Mm -hmm. And this usually happens if you're on the front line with God. Mm. And (coughs) what I've found in those times is that I can speak the word Jesus. Mm. I'm not saying flippantly. Cry out to Jesus,
0: run to Jesus? Yes,
10: even just Jesus, Mm -hmm. but saying it as, this is the Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. He's the Savior who died for me. And immediately that presence dissipates, Ah. immediately. And I think that that's where our power is. We have to first realize it's real. It's not just not real. It truly does exist. We are no match for Satan, but he is no match for God. Mm. God has already gotten Mm. him taken care of. You know,
0: I thought of another text in Romans 10 that says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and that's not just saved eternally. That's saved in the middle of this great battle, right? I was kneeling on the floor with a student who just had a demon speaking out of her mouth, Mm. and after we prayed the armor of God over her, belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, gospel Mm -hmm. of peace on her feet, She said, every piece of armor you prayed, new strength came to me, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, Mm. sword of the spirit. She cried out, Jesus, Mm. save me. Mm. Amen. And Jesus set her free. Amen. Amen. So, you know, it's it's not just save forever, but save now. Right. Nicholas, did you want to respond to that?
7: Yes, I, I think just just as you all are saying, the best the best way to prevent ourselves from being trapped by end time deceptions is to focus on the truth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is of course Christ. And a focus on Christ will help us to resist those spirits as well. And I'm reminded of a verse in James, chapter four.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, could, you, could you read it for
7: sure us? Not sure if we have time together. Yeah, could James you read four, it? verse seven and eight.
0: Yeah, read down through verse 10, if you would, 7 through 10. Oh, sure, yeah. That's a, it that's, says, I'm glad you're going to share that with us.
7: Yes, it's a great verse. It says, I'm reading from the New King James Version as well. And James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Is that awesome. it, can seem, it can seem a little bit discouraging at, at a time because it says, you know, lament and mourn and weep. But as we humble ourselves, Christ comes and lifts us up. Amen. And he has promised to, get, to show us the truth and to, um, to raise us up and to be near to us.
0: Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Rodney? I couldn't agree more with Nicholas. And
9: what I'm finding is that this is a moment-by-moment moment exercise we're talking mm. about, mm. which is we really need the Holy Spirit to be with us in a consistent way because of how close the truth and, truth and error are together, meaning the, the deceptions are so strong and so real, as Stephanie just mentioned, That we really need the Holy Spirit to be with us, to constantly show us and give us discernment. If you notice in the garden very quickly, the, the devil didn't appear to Eve as some, you know, uh, uh, someone with horns and forks. came as a beautiful serpent. Mm. Same thing with Jesus in the, in the wilderness. He mm. appeared like an angel of light. So, we really need the Holy Spirit's direction on a day-to-day
2: basis.
0: Amen. There's one more Bible verse, and I'm going to ask Alex to read it for us from 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, because there's good news. We, we are not helpless in the midst of these deceptions. We have a Savior, right? We can call upon the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And uh, how did the Apostle Peter speak in uh, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9? Yes, and I'm reading from the New King James. It says,
6: "...be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." Verse 9, "...resist him, steadfast in the face, knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood
0: and the world.
2: Mm.
0: Travis, takeaway lesson. Uh, end deceptions, end-time deceptions all around us. What's the takeaway lesson for us today? Trust
5: in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's a verse that comes to my mind.
0: Proverbs 3, Amen. verse 5. I, I just want to say, run to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is our awesome Savior and strong Deliverer. Run to Him. Everyone who calls upon His name will be saved. And don't think you're so smart, (laughs) Mm. because the enemy is subtle, Mm. but let the Lord be your Mm. Deliverer and your guide. Let's Mm -hmm. pray together. Father in heaven, thank You so much that we do not need to fear all of these end deceptions. You'll give us wisdom by the Holy Spirit and guidance by the Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, you will be our strong protector and mm-hmm. deliverer. We trust in you and we thank you in your holy name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. You know someone who's being exposed to these end-time deceptions. Tell them the truth. Tell them to go to Hope Sabbath School and watch. And most of all, tell them when the attack comes, when the deception comes, run to Jesus. Jesus is our awesome Savior and strong Deliverer. Rest in Him today and be a blessing to those around you.